0: Welcome back. Thank you so much for joining me. I'm Michelle Miao, your host. Dating. Wow. What a great topic. <laughs> and I just mentioned here on the show uh, just recently, I, I went through a, breakthrough, a breakup. And so in my mid-30s, I'm now trying to discover myself and trying to think about what dating is going to be like for me. I've never tried online dating, by the way. I, I, I came out at 19 years old, had a same-sex experience, and figured out that I loved it, it was right, it was natural, and then, you know, had a series of really serious relationships. Well, for those of us who have tried online dating, it's become kind of like the big thing. It's like like a normal thing, I think, in fact. That's just how people are meeting one another these days rather than the traditional or conventional, you know, bar and or aisle of the grocery stores in which you connected over a fresh apple. Um, So, yeah, I totally understand that and I get it. I don't think I'll venture into it, but one can argue with me. Anyway, when I bring up online dating, though, It's hard for me to not recognize how abusive the environment of online dating can be. Just the other day, I tried the whole swiping thing on Tinder, and it's kind of... It's, it's, it's kind of mean. It's mean to reject people based off of what they look like. And then when you start reading descriptions of what people are actually looking for, it, you kind of start to feel even more rejection because they're so specific. they got a specific body type, a specific race. Um, they want you to look a certain way. And it all becomes just all too much. Well, we've talked a lot about how it impacts the LGBTQ community, and so I thought I would turn to our good friend, Dr. Mason Turner, who's chief of psychiatry at Kaiser Permanente of San Francisco, to talk about online dating and how it impacts the LGBTQ community. Dr. Turner, thanks for coming back. Great. Thanks for having me. So, yes, online dating and everything I just said about it. I mean, there's just a lot of pressure. I just can't see how people actually enjoy online dating.
1: Yeah, so online dating has probably become the primary vehicle that people use to meet other individuals for dating, uh, for sex, looking for long-term relationships and what have you. And in some ways, online dating has a promise behind it that is really, it's great, right? You can look through all these individuals, you can uh, get rid of the stigma around uh, dating, uh, same-sex dating and those kinds of things. But at the same time, we think about online dating, it has some of the same problems and many more, say, that email communications do. So first of all, when you are contacting someone in an online dating site, there's no emotional context to what you're writing. What you're writing is something that the recipient is going to interpret in a certain way, but you're writing it from a particular way that you choose to communicate. So you're writing something from your voice that is being interpreted by another person without any emotional context. So that recipient can read whatever they want to into that, that statement or that email that you send them. And that's rife with problems because as human beings, we are really designed to read emotions, read facial expressions, and we're social creatures. And so a flat electronic medium of communication doesn't always work for us very well.
0: Great point. And this is coming from a medical professional, by the way. I mean, by no means am I trying to trash Grindr and Tinder and all those guys because if it works for you, it does. But uh, for me, I am absolutely... I guess the the right word would be concerned about the impacts, the negative impact or, you know, how it affects one's um, self-esteem if you are engaged in online dating. So if we could kind of, let's let's start with, you know, gay men specifically. What I've heard a lot from users of Grindr sounds, it sounds dangerous. It sounds like the uh, experience of trusting that person that might be, you know, be a good idea to, I'm trying to use more technical terms, but in the gay community, it's, it's you know, to hook up and to hang out with someone who is gay. And you don't have to do that guessing game anymore. Is that, will that person, you know, is that person gay or are they not? You, you just have it ready on an app. But I find that the outcome is, it can be absolutely dangerous.
1: It can be dangerous in a couple of different ways that I think are important to emphasize. One of them is as dangerous to our sense of self-esteem and our psychological health sometimes. So when we think about apps uh, like Grindr or Tinder, those kinds of apps, those are based on a series of statements we make about what we look like and, more importantly, pictures that could have been taken at various times in our lives. They could be doctored pictures. They could have been Photoshopped, what have you. And people who are actually using those apps and they look at those pictures, maybe they're not real pictures. Maybe they're doctored in such a way that no one could look like that. I think for many, many years, women in particular have been dealing with what the media puts out as an ideal body image for a woman. And now I think rather than limiting the influence of that particular type of advertising in the past, we've expanded it to uh, straight men, gay men, men across the board, lesbians, straight women. They're, They're all dealing with kind of these body image issues that are really being multiplied by the fact when you go on Tinder or Grindr, you see a flat picture. And you don't really see the fullness of that individual's personality or really what they look like.
0: You know, one of the things that's definitely out there and being discussed widely would be the, the prevalent amount of racism that exists within the apps. Um, and, you know, pe- people argue that it's preference versus racism. And, and then some people think it's the same thing. You know, what are your thoughts?
1: You're, you're hitting on a very, very important point, which is that yes, this is technically speaking, if you think about it, it's preference. You're trying to sort or you're trying to look at people based on what your preferences are around someone that you find sexually attractive, for example. The problem is these kinds of apps, and I would say this extends to all of the online dating apps, they categorize us, right? So they categorize us based on a certain ethnicity, a height, a weight, a certain body type, an age, you know, even a gender. Uh, these things are all very binary. And I think that in some ways uh, we are just further emphasizing the importance of those types of characteristics when we use these kinds of apps and we're sorting people based on the fact they're between six feet and six two. You know, these, are, these are really just further emphasizing these differences in, in what we look like and how we act.
0: What could be some long-term effects of online dating, especially if it's, you know, continuous abuse? If you're experiencing racism or you're shaming yourself because of body images that, you know, the users are looking for and you don't fit that body type and or, you know, you, you just have felt like you failed in some of the meetups. You haven't you haven't found the right one through these apps. What do you think are some long term impacts on uh, the LGBTQ community?
1: Well, I think some of the long-term impacts, if you approach online dating from a certain perspective and don't understand that there are going to be some inherent risks in in online dating and trying to work around those, you potentially can really feel badly about yourself. As you said, if you have a bunch of failed hookups, for example, or you have a bunch of failed dates that don't really go anywhere, and that person says, you know, really, I I was looking for somebody a little bit taller or with a different body type, or you actually look older than your stated age, those kinds of issues— Over time, that really becomes very difficult and challenging for us as human beings to understand and incorporate into our self-image. And I, I think that can be very damaging for people in the long term if they hear those messages over and over and over again.
0: Definitely. I think you made a great um, connection as as well, you know, with women who had been told what their bodies are supposed to look like. And that's not just uh, on an app. <laughs> that's everyday life and in the media. And so now, uh, you know, you see the long-term effects and that would be things like eating disorders and or, you know, going the extra mile to look a certain way. Um, do you think that it's possible that these apps can make it more safe for for people who want to enjoy it, you know, online dating. I mean, are there things that they could possibly do?
1: Yes, I always recommend to people, especially with more of the online dating sites versus the online hookup sites, and I think we know there are differences between those two, right? But the online dating sites, I think you really have to approach that in a very casual fashion. Understand that these dating apps and these dating sites are really designed to be an entree into a relationship, a way to actually introduce yourself to someone. But the same, the same ideas that have been present for you know, decades, centuries, millennia around how we interact with other people really still apply. So you meet someone from an online dating app, you develop a friendship, you talk to them, and you you become attracted to that person for who they are, not for what they look like. And I think if you go into an online dating application and you really understand what you're doing, is you're finding a way to meet people and really not concentrate on that so much after you've had that initial introduction, you'll actually fare better uh, with those online dating apps.
0: And one of the other things that I think uh, the media hasn't done a good job talking about, you know the Absolute danger that you can face that certain users, because of you know the the fact that you can put up any photo or pretend like you're someone else, that some people, criminals, you know, have used it to to burglarize or to to beat you know some of the users, and I think that we're not talking about that enough.
1: Absolutely. You're really putting yourself in physical danger sometimes. And there, there are two ways, I think, that I would emphasize this. One is what you just said, that certainly there are people who uh, hijack these apps, so they use them in a certain way to actually gain access to individuals. And, and those individuals, those are, can be quite dangerous. But there's something else that's important to recognize, that when we meet someone face-to-face, if you see someone in a bar, you actually have a conversation with them, you're maybe attracted to them initially, share a few words with them. Your instincts will kick in and tell you if you need to be afraid of that person, or maybe it's not the right way to go. We're really making those instincts blind when we're using these online apps, and you really have to think about how do you maximize your instincts in these situations. Chat with that person a little bit longer than you might ordinarily. Don't accept a meeting with someone you know, after just one or two messages that you've exchanged. Meet out in a public place for the first time. Don't meet in your home or those kinds of things. Again, to give you that idea that you can sit with the person, activate your instincts, and then understand whether this is a safe situation for you.
0: Now, the first time we had you on, we talked about the aging community and depression. And you had mentioned something about you know feeling connected, You know whether that's uh, in a bar and or online, find something that makes you feel um, connected. What are your thoughts on... Uh, I'm gonna edit that
1: out. <laughs> We're talking about online dating apps, right? There <laughs> so know, there's a chime on your ad- online app, huh? <laughs>
0: Dr. Turner, we had you on previously in which we talked about depression and the aging community. And you had mentioned that, you know, feeling connected is important, whether that's going out and uh, joining something that feels like community to you or even, yes, you know, online communication, you can feel, you know, connected as well. Um, how does that apply to online dating. And and if that is, could be a positive tool for feeling connected if you are dealing with something like depression.
1: Absolutely. I think you raise a really important point, which applies not only to online dating. I would argue it could apply to these online hookup apps as well, mm-hmm. as well as even social media sites like Facebook and Twitter and what have you. But I think, again, you have to go into this with the attitude that you're using it as a way to meet individuals, keeping a really clear and open mind about what's going to happen as a result of that experience. If you go onto an online dating app and you expect that immediately you're going to meet the love of your life and you're going to get married and live the next 30 years happily together, you may get lucky, probably not, but you may get lucky. But if you go into it and say, you know, I'd like to, to meet a few different people, have coffee, you know, with a few different individuals, get to know them a little bit better, And then sort out who I actually want to get to know even better than that. And I think when you go into it with that kind of healthy attitude, then it can be very, very helpful in terms of increasing your level of connectedness. And again, I like what you said earlier, which is around, you know, we don't want to necessarily disparage these apps because Mm -hmm. some people really have learned how to use them in a very, very healthy way. I have many patients, friends, even family members who've learned how to do that. And I think you really have to understand how you use these apps, how you protect yourself and your safety, and really setting your expectations and being very clear about those expectations with other individuals.
0: Absolutely, I, and, and I kind of look at it like any other, you know, dangerous situation that you could possibly put yourself in. If you say, for example, walked into a foreign country, you know, you, they tell you. Don't go outside with your passport or t- don't walk into dark alleys. I-, I find online dating to be just that. I uh, oftentimes will advise even my older, you know, LGBTQ friends to be careful of users who are looking to take advantage of a financial situation. At the same time, I find myself talking to my, you know, younger LGBTQ friends, especially of millennial age, that they shouldn't be so you know, careless or so fearless because you just don't know who the user is on the other end. Um, and and it just sounds like, you know, we have to, like, I guess, uh, uh, I guess put parental controls on ourselves when we're talking about online dating. That's what it sounds like.
1: Absolutely. Put parental controls on yourself. And then also say that no matter how many messages you exchange with someone, no matter how many pictures you share, no matter how well you think you know someone electronically, you're never going to know them as well as you will when you meet them in person and have a conversation. And so I think that's important to keep in mind as well that, you know, you're getting to know somebody, you have some information about them, but you're going to need to pick up the phone or better yet, kind of meet them in a public place and talk with them before you really understand kind of more about who they are. And even then, you may still have some issues.
0: <laughs> Last question for you, Dr. Turner. I mean, if you're going on, is there a healthy amount of, you know, or, or number of dates that one can go on before you start telling yourself that you might have a, you know, a problem? I mean, does it matter?
1: In terms of the number of dates, uh, hookups and those kinds of things on yeah. the online sites?
0: Using online dating and, you know, is it horrible to be a serial online dater? Or you know, should should there be a number that one can consider as a comfortable, healthy uh, amount of dates? You know,
1: I wouldn't say there's a number of, of dates that you necessarily would say is healthy or unhealthy. But look at it from a more holistic perspective. If you find that you go to work um, while you're at work all day long, you're on an online dating or hookup website, you go home and you're doing the same thing to the you know, detriment of any kind of social interactions, you're not engaging in things that really bring you pleasure because of it, then you probably have some kind of problem that you need to talk with someone about. On the other hand, if you have time to be able to have a very diverse experience, do a lot of different things that you enjoy, and really uh, be out and among other people, at least some while you're looking at some of the online websites, you're probably okay. So it's really about how much you're getting done outside of those online websites.
0: Um, my guess is if you have any questions uh, regarding online dating, how you're feeling, I mean, you can always reach out to someone to, that you feel comfortable talking to uh, and or see someone that you, if you think that you need medical or professional help. And you could do that by going to Kaiser Permanente or kp.org, right?
1: That's correct. You can go to kp.org and there's information for you there to look at.
0: Dr. Turner, thanks again for coming back and for talking to us about what we need to take into consideration uh, while dating online.
1: Great. Thank you so much.
0: Don't go away. The Michelle Miao Show continues right after this.